so maybe we should talk about narcolepsy a little bit here too, because narcolepsy and cataplexy um, seem to be a big deal for the cardiologist. Yes. Well, it's a big deal when we're screening for sleep. So like even in, like with our home sleep studies, you really can't diagnose, you can't diagnose narcolepsy with a home sleep test for one. Right. But so they have to go in for what they call a multi-sleep latency test where they take a series of naps throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And what they're looking for on that test is to see how quickly people go into REM. If you go into REM pretty much immediately in your sleep study, um, in your naps. Um, But yeah, I mean, if you have narcolepsy with cataplexy, you're not driving, you're not, I mean, you're, you're, you can't, it's really scary um, for the patients. So, but, so I do think when we, when we screen for sleep apnea, Sometimes you'll do these patients report just like horrible fatigue, falling asleep at the wheel, like all of this stuff. And you're thinking, oh, my God, your sleep apnea is so bad that you're so tired. You're falling asleep at the wheel, which I would say for those of you listening, like most of the time, yeah, it's going to be like a really bad obstructive sleep apnea, but it may not be. So if you do a home sleep study and your numbers are all totally, quote unquote, normal, like they don't have a, a an AHI score above five or even sometimes even below five would be like zero and their oxygen levels never get dangerously low. And you're just like scratching your head like, Oh, well, Dr. Callie told me like, if you're really tired, you have sleep apnea and then you do a test and it looks normal. Um, it, you just need to be making sure that you're doing additional sleep testing. If everything's coming back quote unquote normal so that you don't, you don't treat the wrong thing. You certainly wouldn't want to put something, somebody with narcolepsy into like a mandatory advancement device, for example. Right. And we're, and we're doing the dentistry part. So, and, uh, before the dentistry, we're helping just our physician colleagues screen. So I think that's just I'm really cool. So maybe we got a punch in here. I'm going to add it to the list. So the only other thing I had on here was super sort sleep disorder, breathing and concentration. Or season two, or just something you season learned at the two. conference. Just, it, it's season two. Um, no, I want to. <clears throat> I want to do the conference in a minute, but um, yeah, those are going to be awesome yeah. topics, and hopefully, somewhere within season two, you guys are going to start hearing from some other providers, and even non dentists and dentists that we're going to interview. I'm really excited about. I have some really key people that I want to get on this podcast, and. I can't wait to announce who those are slowly, but I have reached out to some of you already and you know I'm dying to have you on so we can talk about this. And I think that's going to be the most fun for me. I wish I could get everybody down here in person. I'm really going to try hard to do that. But as you guys can probably imagine, some of the doctors that I hold so highly, the other airway dentists in my groups, they're just as busy as me. So hopping on a plane to go do a 30 minute talk somewhere is a little bit difficult, but if we can do it, I'm going to try to yeah, do it. Yeah, we got to find a make it work for them. But we also don't have to fly them down. We can phone them in or yeah. Zoom them in. We've got technology and we've got our secret weapon, which is we from Nine Pedal Films helping us Absolutely. do this awesome stuff. Um, so kind of the, so just the rest of the things, uh, sort of breathing concentration. That's going to be short. But I think, um, I think that just kind of loops back into the ADHD symptom and ADHD ties, right? Totally. Yeah. So I'm just guessing. Yeah. Just guessing. So that probably not a, not mostly has been covered. So we may, maybe yeah. we, maybe take that one to the woodshed. Mm, yeah. Okay. And put in a, bring in a provider. Yes. Or a patient. Yes. Uh, sleep disorder, breathing and, uh, hypertension. And I've added one because we really haven't talked about MADs, mandibular advancement devices, and I feel so disconnected from what you do. 
And nothing really? makes me feel more disconnected from what you do than when I go to these meetings. So, um, I guess now that we had, a how could you feel so disconnected when the, when you're the interviewing longest me out intro to a show, I think which is what we just did. Yeah. Um, but I feel so disconnected because I went, we, we took ourselves, our team. So Matt Hicks joined us, the, uh, another, uh, founder and owner of the airway dentist, um, also an Invisalign guru and, uh, and Invisalign faculty, moles coach, super guy, uh, super guy. Um, we also took our two myofunctional dental hygienists, Tara and Amanda, and then our other airway dentist, uh, Dr. Katie Goldberg and Dr. Amanda Aparicio joined us. Um, am I missing someone? And then we had our two myofunctional hygienists there. Oh yeah. I said Darren. Yeah. 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 Okay, good. That would have been disaster. Um, but I go to these meetings and like I hear, I've heard your lectures that you give at, you know, all over. And so I've heard that over and over and over which it's always really, really good. And I feel like I'm getting to the point where you, you fall ill. I can just do it. Awesome. Okay. Y'all hear that? Hire Kyle. He's available for these monthly things. This guy's got like, this is not Cali. This is some (laughs) lame dude up there with sweaty armpits. Not true. Oh my gosh. So I, um, I wanted to share like for me that what I really got out of it was, um, so Dr. Simmons is a, uh, neurologist. And it's kind of his meeting. He said this is his 19th year for the Sleep Education Consortium. 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 It was really good. It was really, really good. And I couldn't believe it was just like right here in Houston. I know, it was in Houston. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. And I also couldn't believe it had been going on for 19 years because I just heard of it. But Well, I mean, I think last year I was looking back, we actually weren't in town for the last one last year. Mm. So whatever happened. Um, And then I get so much out of hearing all these other people talk. And it gets really overwhelming. And I think this is like, that was a mix between they were speaking to physicians and they were speaking to dentists. You know, they're obviously speak, speaking to people in their role. And when it was when it came time to do the orthodontics, the dentistry part, then that's where the dentist steps in. And if it was time for something else, well, that's where the physician would step in, either right. a, a neurologist or ENT. Um, and, but they were, it was like a room full of experts that have been doing this forever. I mean, literally everyone got up and talked about, oh, I met Dr. Simmons in 1998. It's like, that feels like forever ago. But they've been doing this a long time. Their bona fides are spectacular. And they talk about Super a ton smart. about MADs, mandibular advancement devices. And I just, me, not, not having ever <laughs> delivered an Invisalign case or any type of ortho, uh, I just, I just overcommit all my patients. Oh yeah. Whatever you need, they'll take care of it. They'll fix it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Well, that's uh, what I say when people want you to pull their tooth. I go, he just looks at teeth and they fall out. Oh yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Which is I, actually sometimes true. I have to look for hours, but <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so I, I got really inspired by, um, cause to me, I, I think we've always had a group of people who were missing out on airway. Cause I was connected airway to either our kids and the stuff that you and Katie do like nonstop all day long. You do a lot of adult stuff too with the, with the expansion. And I know y'all do some MADs, but it's not like, I I mean, you could show up to our practice. The odds are we're not going to see MAD patient, um, that day, but probably the next day we will, whether they're there for a checkup or delivery, whatever it is. And 
but so, and I kept kind of thinking in my mind, well, we don't have anything to help our edentulous patients or, oh, our, totally. like, you know, almost right. completely edentulous patients. And those are so non-dentists, that's people without teeth or missing most of their teeth. And I got really inspired to try to make mandibular advancement devices using implants. I'm and so excited. And for the record, I had told him he needed to do that. We actually had like an old text thread and I was like, scroll up about you know, a couple of paragraphs and look at what I sent you on it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, for, from an expansion perspective, you got to have teeth and a pulse. Well, I'll tell you why, (laughs) the why I got so inspired by this. I got to find bringing out his notes guys. I have notes. (laughs) Um, I almost never take notes at a meeting because I always leave them in a backpack and then they're in like that notebook that they, yeah. And then you never see them again. And then I throw it away seven years later. Yeah. But the content here was good enough that he printed it out in color. So True, good, yeah. do- good job, Dr. Simmons and all the people involved with SEC, because that yes. was really good. Um, so the idea of combination therapy or dual therapy or integrated therapy, depending on how you're, you're talking about it. But anytime we say dual or combination therapy is any combination of anything, any two therapies we're doing together, right? Like an implants, if we're trying to fill uh save an implant we could do combination therapy with like lasers and grafting and uh, medication and progressive load and um, those kind of things in airway with the mads um, usually you're talking about someone who's on a pap device like cpap and someone who has an oral appliance and so using that oral appliance to be synergistic with the cpap and the the uh, hold on i'm doing terrible i gotta find you are not you're doing really good oh thank you uh, so yeah, so I found the stats on this is if you have uh, either dual therapy or integrated therapy, and the difference is that dual therapy, um, at least according to Dr. Preen, is uh, Dr. Ronald Preen, um, who proud to practice a TMD, uh, from, uh, TMD practice here in Houston for a long time, and now he's uh, moved to Austin. Uh, so dual therapy is when you're using an oral appliance with a CPAP. And then integrated therapy is when your oral appliance is securing your CPAP. Yeah. Attaches to it. Yeah. Which is really nice because if, if you are a CPAP where you'll know that like the straps are, uh, may or may not be the bane of your existence. And, uh, if you, if you have it attached to your oral appliance, you don't need straps. Right. Awesome. You still have, you're still stuck in a certain position to sleep in, but yes. much better than having the straps. And yeah. I think for the patients that are just not titrating fully, are well enough that they need combination therapy. And if they hate the straps and that's going to be awesome. There's so many, so many ways to help the patient. And and I always tell dentists, don't try to be the guy that's like taking everybody off their CPAP. You know what I mean? Like if they're not going to wear it and they don't like that's it. That's not our lane though. I mean, no, ho- it's not. Hopefully no one's out there saying that. Cause right. <clears throat> but the ability to do combination is and integration is really, really cool. The we do lots of combination therapy with many advancement devices here in the office. I don't know if you if you um knew that, but it is really nice because it typically will require less pressure to be in mm-hmm. I have those introduced. Stats. And the other thing is that you have to remember when you're on CPAP therapy, the uh the amount of force and pressure that's coming in, it can elongate the soft tissues. I mean, there's like, you know, pressure damage that can happen. So if you can get somebody off of it, awesome. But if you can't, you need to use both or just encouraging your really severe apnea patient mm-hmm. that an oral appliance therapy used in conjunction with their CVAC could be really beneficial long-term. Um, it's it's really helpful for them to understand because it makes sense to them once we explain it. 
Yeah. So the stat on that is that you can lower your CPAP pressure requirements by 35 to 45% and that uh, PAP pressure is reduced an average of 41% and um, I guess objective pressure is another unit to measure, but it says that it was also reduced by 40%. So that's great. Yeah. Right. So um, I think that is really cool. And it's something that obviously I'm going to get more involved in. I know. I'm really excited to see, you know, I, I talked to somebody one time that told me they were doing mandibular advancement devices on a dental's ridges. I mean, not even implant supported. And I was like, what? Yeah. But I mean, if you think about it, you know, this form fitting good palatal seal with long mandibular phalanges. Sorry for all the non-dental people. You can probably keep it forward. You know, it's one piece, but we have so many implant patients. We have so many over denture patients that it's like, yeah, you could take the denture part out, put this in. And I can't wait for you to start trying some of that because I think stemming from like, how do these people become edentials anyway? I mean, aside from certain just absolute neglect, a lot of it has so much to do with the way that they're sleeping, breathing, what they've done to their teeth, did they develop perio, like what happened to get them to there. And usually if you follow the, if you trace the, trace the map, you're going to find some sleep disorder breathing with all of those patients. Yeah. So. Uh, it's, um, so that, that's one of the big things. The second thing is I found out they, they kept referencing, especially Dr. Boyd, um, Kevin Boyd, Dr. Kevin Boyd. Yeah. I think he's in Chicago. Yeah. And he's, he's definitely struck me as he's a pediatric dentist and he struck me as like that guy seemed like he would really nerd out on the anthropology in a way that I never, I mean, I'm starting to read into it more. It is oh like such an so interesting fun. subject. And I only ever heard that from Dr. Moralia because he's always teaching the anthro lectures and then telling Dr. Moralia, Hey, I'm going to meet Dr. Boyd. And he was like, Oh my gosh, he's, you know, we've known each other for so long. He's like a mentor of mine, you know? And then when Dr. Boyd was talking to him about the anthro, I was like, Oh, I see where they get it, yeah. you know? And now Dr. Moralia and Dr. Boyd, you guys have both turned Kyle into this anthropology group. He's like bidding on books on eBay, trying to get these old dental ortho books. Yeah. So I appreciate that to both of you if you're listening to this but yeah it's really really cool and i think i think so much of what boyd and moralia teach through airway health solutions and all the people that are involved with that they are literally just bringing us like here's the history let's mm -hmm. not forget our history because that's not taught in dental school did you learn that in dental school no no me either went to the same place were you so. taught any ortho prevention in dental school zero any malocclusion prevention in dental school zero was is that that probably wasn't even a phrase until most dentists yep. heard until they heard this podcast yep and zero and but if you go look at old orthodontia books like one that i'm bidding on right now um is prevention of malocclusion uh, and occlusal disorders and it was written in 1800s oh my gosh see that's my point you're gonna get me on a freaking soapbox because that i'm telling parents every day and all these doctors i talk to them like this stuff is not new like it's not new at all like look at the dates like when we do our patient breathing seminars every month and I'm playing these little video clips and they're in their like citing literature. I'm like, guys, look at the dates of that. It's 1904. Yeah. Like, and then I had somebody ask me today, they drove seven hours to see us. Wow. He said, why, why is this not done everywhere? And unfortunately I think it surrounds politics. I, I, I mean, I know it does, it. but I'm just going to be gentle. When, when we talk about cavity prevention hunt? all the time, all day long, all the time. And if, if we talked about ortho prevention, well, now it's just, and most people will say, well, ortho prevention, ortho prevention is phase one ortho. 
Okay, call it whatever you want. What I'm talking about is but we're, we're talking but it's about not good face one ortho. Face one ortho is like we have to. Well, take. but I think when they hear it, because what are you going to do? I know, what, what's I know, prevention? I know. But I still don't. I just still don't think you you've gotten me on my soapboxes about mandibular expansion. Did we even talk about that in any of those? Maybe we did. No. Yeah. No, I'm holding you off. Well, actually, today might be a good day. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm feisty enough to say it's been a Monday. So, um, but that, maybe that should be a subject. We talk about ortho prevention. No, we have to talk about cosmetic ortho versus airway ortho. Oh my gosh, that's my new favorite. Phrase. I know I use that today. I was like, that's a much better way of ver- oh of use, verbalizing it. I actually use that in an, as an example today because I was showing a child how we usually just ban the first molars and retractive ortho. We don't do anything with the second molars because they don't show. And yeah, I can get on a soapbox more about that later, but. I, but when you look at it, the second molars are usually out, more buckle outwards. And that's where the kind of like, kind of like the beacon of where the arch needs to be because it needs to be wider. But they never ban those teeth because they don't they don't need to. They don't show. They're way in the back, right? So that's just another evidence that it's cosmetic. And that's exactly what they did to me. When I finally had to do my own expansion, third time ever having ortho, um, I had to, I brought everything out to the level of those. Like I was looking and I was like, wow, you can literally see where I was squished small from my first molars around. And then the seconds were over here. And of course they took my wisdom teeth out because I didn't have room for them. So that's another thing maybe we don't have to do if we can get kids arches wide enough. What a thought. Yeah. Well, that's Dr. Morales goal every time is to get, uh, to get all 32 teeth in, in I function know. and I cleansable. Know. And if you don't start little, like right now when your kids are three, four, five, six, it's your the odds are it's not gonna happen. And but but yeah, so we do judge the success of our cases by the eruption of the third molars. <laughs> like we have I'm on a very small private text chain with some really amazing people. I'm just glad to be on it. And then like, oh look, the third molars are erupting. I mean, we're just the nerdiest, you know. <laughs> yeah, makes sense when you think about it. Yeah. So uh that will be cosmetic ortho and versus Ortho. Yes. Because I get asked that every day. I was going to say functional ortho, Why is it but different? airway ortho is good airway too. Yeah. Functional ortho. Functional Which one systemic health like or... I, like um, I liked, I tell them there is a definite line in this, uh, like a Y, fork in the road, line in the sand, however you want to say, between traditional ortho, which now I'll say cosmetic ortho, and airway center dentistry. So that's kind of like the verbiage I use, but you can call it whatever you want. Okay. So if I ever get to have dinner with uh, Dr. Boyd and Dr. Moralia, I'm going to I'm gonna ask them what they think. Because okay. I'm thinking they're going to be like, ancestral ortho or something you know ancestral ancestral sounded like oh, did it sound like a bad word it sounded like <laughs> an, word. ancestral yeah, yeah. oh sorry it's okay uh, yeah but i'm excited that's gonna be fun we need to we i think we should make season two episode one that do it we'll do it in five minutes um i don't i those are my big takeaways from the meeting um oh third one though Third one. Well, and I might have some. Well, this is your about third me. one. This <laughs> is apparently, about me. yeah, the light this bulbs for Kyle. The, the picture of the on the website's got oh crap, it's got your face on it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, half the podcasts are your face. So I think um, the third thing is the talking about the home sleep apnea test versus the home sleep test versus the PSG. So you've got like these different categories. Oh, I didn't yeah. know there were different. Ca- I knew there was different kinds, right? Sure. Um, and you're getting different data. Um, was it, there was one that had like, he said it's, it's in their marketing material. It's like one that has, um, an EMG channel or an ECG channel. It was, a, it was some kind of electrode card. Like, uh, yeah, there's lots, babe. They got, EEG, but it was one that EMG, it doesn't, it doesn't but, get recorded in their, um, in their report. 
it is like oh, said it was like a marketing yes. thing. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm, I, I can't remember which one that was. I'm not going to guess because I'll, um, but it was the EMG. It was an EMG. Yeah, because he yeah. was talking about clenching. I'm right. 90% sure that's what he was doing. And they were saying that they were going to take that signal that they got from the forehead or from the finger, wherever they got it from, and it was somehow integrated into the report, and it's not. And right. so that was Dr. Simmons saying that. And so I think it's really important to understand oh, the type of appliance. He was talking he was, about, yeah, can I say? I don't care. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I think he was talking about Watchpad. And he was talking about I how they- Watchpad too. Yeah, and he was talking about how they said they had a, I believe it was not EMG. I think it was EEG. EEG, I yes. think, yeah. Is EEG or EKG now that I think about it? No, EEG. Yeah. But they had a, they sent on an electro channel and it wasn't, it wasn't part of the result. Yeah. And so- Whatever. That was actually hard to hear because that is probably one of the most utilized home sleep apnea tests. But who cares? You're, you're, you're screening for sleep apnea. Well, yeah. I mean, don't we don't use it. it. It's fine. It, but I, it, I just think it's important because that's what these doctors are getting sold on and it's expensive. Well, yeah. It, suck, it doesn't suck for the patient. It just sucks for the dentist paying extra for it. I'm going to look it up what we're talking about because it may have been. Okay. Uh, yeah. You you talk, but I, I well, it might it, be wrong. It may anyways, be. we can drop this because it's just stupid beef about something. The most important thing is that there's dentists out there getting their patients helping their patients get screened for sleep apnea. And so uh, what I was trying to get to is that um, what I, what I took away from the home sleep apnea test, HSAT is that um, the, like the, he, he's used the ring that we use a sleep image and he's used it a lot. And he says it's a great uh, home sleep apnea test. And I was kind of, I, I got warm and fuzzy feelings not like I needed vindication or validation for it, but he says you're more likely to get a false negative than you are a false positive. And so just because that says, no, you don't have sleep apnea doesn't mean that you don't have sleep apnea. Yeah. That and, was essential. I was really happy to hear that. And, I was actually kind of nervous when he was talking about it because I feel extremely knowledgeable in that specific machine and how long I've studied it. And I know exactly how they're deriving all these values. And Dr. Goldberg and I both said, I'm so happy to know that if anything is a little off, it's underrepresenting the HI, not overrepresenting. Because yeah. I was always, you know, anytime you buy a tool from anybody and you're using it, you always have to wonder, like, how close is this to PSG? But when you read the studies that Sleep Image has done, that AHI score has been compared categorically to the PSGs. So I knew that, but it was just, it was great hearing it you know, from somebody else. And I was happy the rest of our team knew that what we were using was the best. And he didn't um, recommend it for anything else except for OSA. Like it was, oh, it was not there no, for narcolepsy no, or of course anything not. like no, it that. can't be. Yeah. So I, I, I feel really good because I think the physicians know this. Everyone knows this. You go to your dentist more than you go to your physician. Right. You, you, when was the last time anyone other than a kid got a yearly checkup if it right. wasn't required for sports and the cost of healthcare being, you know, through the roof. It's, it makes sense for dentists to be a really good kind of health checkpoint. And the fact that we're distributing them, they're getting interpreted by a physician and then we're helping our, guiding our patients through that result. And they're getting recommendations from their physician about what treatment they should go into. Um, I love our model and I love our model for that because we are, 
we have what 75 home sleep test machines in in our group <laughs> it's like crazy i'm not joking i don't know i thought it was I 50 have, but maybe we have more because we ordered well, more we for the air here and we have 25 <laughs> yeah. spread out with our our two new locations that are opening up this year yeah. one already opened up one's opening up next well we month. just never want that to be the rate limiting step so we always have extras right. for those of you like oh should i buy five more i'm like you should buy so many that you you aka your schedule is the rate limiting step yeah. not the screening yes so this, that, was, that a, was so important because how much if we're, if we're trying to tell a patient how urgent or how what the need is, like this is really important, you know, your ability to breathe and you know, grinding your teeth could be one right. of the protective mechanisms your body's taking while you're fighting OSA at night. And we know that that's not, you know, that's right. not fake news. That's old news. It's 20 right. year old news at least. Right. And, you know, take this appliance. Oh, we're out of them. Yeah. Okay. And so for, you know, our, our protocol there, if we run out, as I think we refer them to one of the mail-in home sleep test unless we know one's coming back tomorrow um but yeah if you're if you're wanting to get into sleep as a dentist um and your state permits it then get as many as you can (laughs) i mean well and the thing is is the cost effectiveness effectiveness mm -hmm. of sleep image makes it really easy because you like i remember i mean the watermarks like they're thousands for one with a lot of consumables. The watch pads are a lot less and they're, they're a really, I think what we were talking about earlier was actually watermark, not watch pads in case watch okay. pad listen to this. Sorry, we don't, we're just talking right now, but um, they are a lot less expensive, but there are disposable parts. And so you have, you know, there's consumables with, um, with that, but there's not with the ring. So yeah. I, I, it's, it's really, really good. And also I think if you have the sleep image ring and you use it, please read the user manual. It will, I mean, there's nothing worse than a patient asking you how on earth it's collecting like X, Y, or data on there. And then you don't know. And it's, I mean, it took me three or four hours to read that years back when we got it because it was like a physiology lesson because they're, it's cardiopulmonary coupling. So you, I really wanted to understand like, well, when my heart beats like this and the oxygen's low, how do they know that that means, you know, X, Y, or Z? So, so what do we call, we're gonna have to call this episode, uh, season two pre, pre-rambling <laughs> yeah. ramblings. All right. So. All right. So see y'all for season two. Yep. Later.